where in Los Angeles, I feel like you can try and you can reinvent and you can fail. And I think, again, like failure is so important for entrepreneurs because it's part of the whole process. Hello and welcome home. My name is Journey Harris and this is At Home The Podcast, a weekly podcast where we explore concepts of home through the stories of people throughout the globe. I'm so happy that so many of you enjoyed my conversation with Sarah last week and we continue that conversation this week. But before we get into that, I want to preface this episode with a little bit of background about me. I grew up in Florida and spent a lot of my childhood in DC. My mom is from Jamaica, my dad is from DC. And if I had to choose a region of the United States that feels like home to me, I would say the South. And I wouldn't really consider myself a Southern woman, but I have very Southern tendencies. Like I say y'all every three minutes. I can be very shady, but I'm very graceful with it. A skill that Southern women have mastered in my opinion. And some people would describe me as well-mannered or polite and attribute that to Southern hospitality. The point is, I grew up in the South, I'm most familiar with the South, and I could call the South home if I wanted to, but I don't, so I won't. Sometimes we call a place home because we're so familiar with it or simply because we live there. But recently I've been feeling called to step into new territory both emotionally and physically and it's a very freeing feeling and what that looks like for me is acknowledging the fact that just because I once was one place that doesn't mean I have to stay there just because I grew up in the south does not mean I have to go back there and that's no shade to the south just honesty I have the liberty to choose where whom or what I call home and I hope you realize that you have that freedom as well. I don't see myself living in the South anytime soon, but this conversation with Sarah sparked my curiosity about what it could look like if I lived on the West Coast, a place I've never stepped foot in. Could I create there? Could I have a community there? Could I support a community there? Could I one day in the future start a family there? We touch on these questions in this episode as Sarah shares the logistics of creating a home for herself and her family in LA, especially as a new mom, a creative entrepreneur, and someone who once lived in New York City. So when Kiko came home, what were some things that you wanted your home to have, whether it was people or things or words that were said around the home to help nurture him? I bought the Jesus Storybook Bible (laughs) immediately because I remember, um, and then in talking about community and like family in New York, I spent the the night at like my pastor's wife and pastor's house a lot. They had two girls who are like my flower girls in my wedding. And they're just like my second family, Zach and Mel. Um, And I remember every morning them reading the Jesus Storybook Bible to their girls and there are girls really looking forward to it, you know? And so that's one thing that I really want to have at home. And, you know, Kiko and I read it every day. Alex this morning was like, what are you talking about leprosy and slaves? And like, what are you saying? You know? Like, it's from the Bible. Don't worry. He was like, what are you teaching our son? <laughs> He's 10 weeks old, right? <laughs> yeah. And then um, my parents. Uh, they drove from Washington State. It's like a 17-hour drive. Um, to have them here was like really important for me personally. My mom said 
and lots of people have said this, but um, my mom is here to take care of her baby, which is me. And, I, and I'm here to take care of my baby. But she's not here to care for her grandson. She's here to care for her baby, you know? And so it's like keeping me fed and like making sure I always had water and like cleaning and cooking and laundry and just all the things that, you know, that not that you take for granted, but I just, and after a C-section, I literally couldn't do so much of the stuff that I thought that I could do or wanted to do. Um, having them here was huge. My mom brought a lot of my grandma's cooking down. There's like a seaweed soup that's really famous like for postpartum because you lose blood. So it's like a seaweed is really rich in iron. So it's like all this iron building. And my mom had just made like the huge pot of seaweed soup like many times over and bone broth soup that my grandma had had made for me like in the weeks coming and that was really important um to have that like nourishment and that food and like for me I feel like food is like I love food so that was really nice I'm trying to think of what else we had um we had hand-me-downs from a lot of friends which people have a lot of I don't know how people feel about hand-me-downs but I love hand-me-downs I love hand-me-downs too I don't plan on buying oh this sounds bad but I don't think no. Little babies should get a lot of new stuff because no. they grow so quickly. So fast. But I think it was crazy that the hand-me-downs we could um, attribute to a certain person. And then mm-hmm. to see people using those things, like the bassinet my friend Liz gave to me. Um, and to see him in it and, like, to know that, again, like, our community had provided those things, you know, it made those things that were just in our house, like weeks, you know, the weeks prior, like gifts that we had gotten from baby shower and hand-me-downs that we had, we had gotten, like just sort of come to life and like so grateful for Like there are just so many things that we didn't know that we needed as new parents that parents before us has gifted us. And we're like, oh, wow, this is fantastic. Um, I'm trying to think of what else. For me, those were the main things. Oh, music-wise, Alex is a huge music person. We were playing a lot of Krom Ben Leon Bridges uh, before Kiko came. And so we played that for him at the hospital. And we played it for him when he got home as well. Texas Sun being the main song that we played a lot for him. I love that. And you know... Kiko's going to be such a big fan when he grows up. My mom used to play for me when I lived in D.C. when I was little. She would play Miles Davis and she would play um, Billie Holiday. And she came in my room one time. I think I was around two years old. And she just hears me singing in the bed. And it's just so interesting that with babies, whatever you give to them when they're young, it comes back around full circle when they're older. Like I started loving jazz. Like I started to love singing and now I'm back into jazz. I'm back in DC and everything is just feeling relevant again. So I'm excited for Kiko to grow into this handsome young man and he's going to look back and be like, you said it's Krungbean. I never know how to pronounce that. That group's there. I think I'm saying it right. Bean. We all know, but <laughs> He's going to look back and just love it and be really grateful for the way that you made sure your community is surrounding him because that's that's the one thing that never goes away. You know what I mean? Like even if you all move and I do want to ask about um, moving to California and and 
why is that a good place for your family right now? But even throughout moves and everything, your your kids never forget. And I've never forgot the people who were there for me when I was little. Right. And even if I did forget because I was so little, they come right. back into my life and it's like, wow, you took care of me when my mom was at work yeah. or something ah, like that. You picked right. me up from school. You made sure I had food. And like, you're a part of my village. And I think that's a, something that... I'm trying to emphasize more in my personal life because it's not really natural to it seems like American culture to have these villages of people that nurture you from all sides and all aspects that aren't just blood, but are really just there because they see you as a we and not as a as a them, you know, that's so that's so good. It's so true. I mean, I think that. Yeah, I think that for me, church community in New York was so crucial to who I became as a woman in my 20s. Now in my 30s, I feel like there's so much of that that I'm seeing that I didn't know, couldn't have guessed. It's now sort of harvesting, I guess, who I am as a woman. Being around moms in New York without realizing, or babysitting for couples as a single person in New York City and like getting free dinner for babysitting, right? This like relationship that happens because of where everyone's at. Like now I'm learning, you know, these different things that I feel like I'm seeing that I'm like, oh, I'm so glad I would have done that. I'm so glad I did that. Mostly because of scenario, just because of, I need to nanny or I need to babysit or I didn't realize that they're reading the Bible to their kid every day and how impactful that was for their, did you know, whatever, fill in the blank. But it, is all because of that community. You know, it's not, you can't be, you can be well read, but that to me, I'm so, such an experienced person that without, you know, that community and seeing it firsthand or having lived with some members of my church or like, you know, yeah, it just, it's crazy now to look back on that time and see the fruits of it as a mom currently. Yeah. And you said you're in LA. Mm-hmm. So how is LA for new families? Wow, it is so perfect. Really? Yeah, I think that it all depends on where you came from before. Alex and I came from New York. So LA is slower than New York. If you're coming from, I don't know, Tacoma, Washington, where I'm from, and then you're going to LA, that's a different relationship, right? That's a different like graduation. but for us, it still has a city feel, right? Because it's a huge city. Um, but there's so much space. There's so much more space. You know, and what you're paying for in New York, um, you get so much more for your money in LA. Maybe not that much more, but you're definitely getting more. Really? Um, we have a yard. I never had a yard in New York. Um, you buy apartments in New York. You don't buy homes in New York. You can buy homes in LA, potentially. You know, if if you know, you're able to, and, um, there are cars in LA. Everyone has a car in New York. I can't, I remember seeing moms just asking people for help with the stroller up and down the stairs. Cause half the time the elevator's out in New York or you're like, yo, it's really like all the way down the street that I just walked like the elevator versus like the, the stair entrance, you know? And so, it's really wonderful to be able to start a family in Los Angeles. And um, all of our friends have really young kids. Um, so it makes it easier also then 
to ask for advice or to hang out with other families with kids. You know, I feel like a lot of our friends in New York um, are still living that like single, like bachelor or bachelorette life, you know, or maybe don't plan on having kids or, you know, whatever it is. Um, but in LA, it seems really, really conducive. I think especially because of the weather and because of the outdoors. I have a theory that when life, I won't say returns to normal, I'm going to scrap that word, but when life settles down into its new beginning, people are going to be looking for homes, like actual houses a lot more. Right now, I live in an apartment, and I go to my grandma's house just so I can hang out in her backyard because I miss having access to just grass and Mm -hmm. just being outside very easily. So taking that step from going from you lived in Brooklyn? Yeah. Okay. Um, and I love Brooklyn. That's probably like the only place in New York that I could ever see myself living. But taking that step from Brooklyn to LA, what like what is some advice that you would give to somebody who's looking to really settle into a home and kind of start a family and do that whole thing? I think specifically from New York to LA, because so many people do it, is that they are two completely different cities. And they do not need to compete with each other. They don't need to be the same as each other. Um, You can have different friends in both cities. And New York and L.A. are closer, I feel like, than any other two cities in the United States. Because I'm always running into friends from New York in L.A. and then vice versa. Um, And I think that once I understood that there were two different cities and stopped comparing the two, it became a lot easier to enjoy L.A. Um, it will never be New York and it shouldn't and vice versa. New York should never be LA. Um, and it it never will be. And that's okay. You know, um, I think to, uh, I'm being honest and I hate to say it. I think that it's hard to be single in LA. I think it's, and I think it's hard to be in a relationship in New York. (laughs) I think that New York is such a great place to be single and, to really hustle hard and work hard and like go from green to seasoned, you know, and like go from um, having dated a lot of different people or um, having been in communities, a lot of different communities because New York allows for that much easier than a place like LA does. Um, In LA, I think it's really hard to date. And I've heard that from a lot of friends, a lot of really fantastic friends because it's big and you have to be in a car and you have to find somewhere to meet. And, um, if you're having drinks and you don't want to drive home drunk, like, you know, all of these things, like we're in New York, you can walk home or you guys can stroll across the bridge together or whatever it is, or keep, it's more conducive for working late. I don't feel like there's mm-hmm. a culture of like hustling so hard in LA. Um, what I will say is that I think you can be an entrepreneur in LA start your own thing a little bit easier than you can in New York because I really there's room to breathe in LA I think that creatives and entrepreneurs need room to fail and I think that when you're living in a city like New York it's so expensive that you cannot afford to fail literally can't afford to fail um where in LA there's still communities that um aren't fully gentrified yet or there's a friend of a friend or something like that where you can share a space because it's less expensive or you can figure out a way in which financially to make creativity work, I think, in, a, in Los Angeles easier than you can in New York. Um, 
because just paying rent in New York is a challenge in and of itself, I think. We're in Los Angeles. I feel like you can find a way to live a bit more affordably. Um, groceries aren't a zillion dollars in Los Angeles, you know. Um, going out to eat is not also a zillion dollars. If you're having a drink, an Uber is cheaper in LA than it is in New York. Um, you know, I think that, yeah, I, I think the entrepreneur thing is something that I think is really interesting. I think you're seeing a lot more artists, literally function of space. If you're like a fine artist, let's say, you can make bigger works because there's bigger space for rent in Los Angeles and more mm. affordable price. Where if you're in New York, you're, you're, you know, you're, you have to adhere to the space. Or then you become an illustrator or, you know, whatever, let's say like your canvas literally will have to be smaller because it can't fit in whatever space it is, right? Something like that. Where in Los Angeles, I feel like you can try and you can reinvent and you can fail. And I think, again, like failure is so important for entrepreneurs because it's part of the whole process. It's not failure, actually, you know, um, and I just feel like in New York, you can't afford to or there are a lot of people that are scared to say that they come from money when things go well for them or you know it shouldn't feel that way I think I think that everyone should have a like a better shot at being able to try things and to fail at things and to reinvent themselves and to edit and then to try again you know and I just feel like LA affords that a bit more wow I never thought about that hmm. it's different it's a different energy it's definitely not as like hustle hard energy obviously and I think that that's really frustrating for a lot of East Coasters who have moved here well if you're starting a family I'm not trying to hustle hard I'm trying right to, trying to go to the park trying to get grass things you know works <laughs> you know yeah so I did have a question about you and Kiko's bond because I can only imagine the bond is something inseparable because he was inside you for almost 42 weeks, right? <laughs> so what do you feel like now that he's out of the womb into a, in a physical space, a home and his cradle and whatnot, what is y'all's bond like now? What is that mother-son bond like? Wow. He smiles at me when he wakes up in the morning and it just makes my whole I just melt every time um it's crazy because when they're just born it's just eat sleep poop you know and it's I remember right when he came out of the hospital I remember just thinking is breastfeeding gonna be weird <laughs> like I don't know like is that weird it's not weird it's beautiful but also is it weird if you've never done it before like, how, do, how is it going to feel? Like, what is it going to be like? Like, am I going to feed him enough? Like, all of these things. And I remember saying to him, like, at the hospital the first time he latched, like, crying and just being like, I'm going to practice and you're going to practice and we're going to practice together and we're going to learn so many things together. Um, and I think that that's been really true of, like, the 10 weeks that he's been alive. <laughs> Um, there's been a lot of things that we're learning together and practicing together. I read something that was really helpful. Like if your baby's 10 weeks, 10 weeks old, then you are a 10 week old parent and you don't know what you know as a year old parent because you will not have had that experience yet. You're only 10 weeks. You're a 10 week old parent, just like your baby is a 10 week old baby. And that was really encouraging. Um, 
but I feel like he, uh, it's crazy to think that he is Alex and me together as one person. And I think that a lot of dads don't feel bonds with their kids, babies right away, because it's like one day they were sleeping and didn't have a baby and one day they did. Whereas I felt him kicking inside of me. I felt his hiccups inside of me. Um, and now Earthside, I'm seeing those things just so strange. Um, lots of people say uh, there's nothing like being mom to a son, like very special. Same way that Kobe is like girl dad, you know, I think. And I'm a, like, my dad has two girls. So like, I, I love being, like, I love that my dad is a girl dad, but they say there's something really special um, between moms and sons. And I don't know what that will look like, obviously when he gets older, but for right now it's like, yeah, it, part of it feels, if I'm being honest, part of it feels very like primal. Like I need to feed this kid. I need to make sure this kid is clean. I need to make sure I protect this kid at all costs. And I think just now he's just turned two months old. It's starting to feel much more relational um, in a way that in the beginning it felt very like, just keep him alive. Keep yourself alive. Take a shower and keep him alive, you know? Um, I didn't know I would enjoy breastfeeding as much as I do. It's crazy. There's hormones that are released when you breastfeed, um, which like bond you and your baby like even more. And wow. to me, it's very true. Also, baby Kiko saliva speaks to my breast milk and my breast milk feeds him what his saliva says that he needs. Isn't that That's crazy? incredible. That's incredible. It's incredible. So as I'm reading those things and there have been moments where I'm breastfeeding him and then I realize he's not latched anymore and I look down and he's just staring up at me and smiling and it just like has me in tears and it's not that he's not hungry anymore it's not that he's like he he's like goes to eat more like after but he just there's a moment where he just stops and I realize he stopped like a second later and I look down he's just staring up at me and I just keep telling my mom that I'm in trouble, capital T trouble, because this boy has just got me wrapped around his finger. I thought it was going to be like very Korean tiger mom, but I see a whole different trajectory now that he is here. I hmm. think very soft. I thought it was going to be hard. I thought it was going to be tough. I thought I was going to be able to do all these things. I don't think that's going to happen, but we'll do see. You do you think you and Alex will play good cop, bad cop when he, he's going to be a great kid, of course, but course. as far as discipline or, or yeah, when he's a teenager. Yeah. Well, Alex goes, who is bad cop in your family? And I said, my mom. And he said, my mom too. So why do you think it'd be any different for our family? He's got and a this point. Before he, he was even here. And I was like, wow, these roles have already been established. I think inevitably I'll have to be bad cop. Because Alex is like cool dad. But I don't know. The way these past few weeks have been going, I'm so soft. Alex is like, he needs to be independent. I'm like, he's 10 weeks old. He doesn't need to be independent. What do you mean? <laughs> Not at all. He's allowed to be as spoiled, spoiled as he can be. And that's how I was when I was a kid. I would eat it up. I yeah. was as spoiled. I'm still spoiled. Oh. Of course, I am too. But that honestly, it's great. 
obviously. I think spoiled is a bad word because we're not spoiled. We're just well taken care of. Very well taken care of. Isn't that sad that being well taken care of is seen like excess? Like, wow, you have all of the necessities and more. Like, you have an abundant living and you're doing too much. No. You're right. More spoiled kids. They keep saying, too, you can't spoil a newborn. You can't hold a newborn enough. You can't, like, have skin to skin enough with the newborn. Like, they just say soak it all in. And I'm like, I will. I will. I'll soak all of that in. But I think, again, it's like I'm doing as much as I need to do at this time at 10 weeks for Kiko and as much as he needs at 10 weeks for himself you know and then when I need to learn how to sleep train I will be ready to learn how to sleep train because I'll be so frustrated that he stayed up you know and that will happen at whatever time that that happens but if I want to bring him into bed at 6 a.m and hold him on my chest then I will do that you know because you can't spoil a newborn enough well well taken care of you can't take care of um, a newborn well enough (laughs) all right my last question is what do you want Kiko to look back on about his home and have deep appreciation for in the future Hmm. I think that I think it's the same thing that I shared that I felt like I had that he felt safe here um and I think that that means feeling safe in terms of like physically and in his environment, um, in terms of like what he could share with us, you know, in that he could bring friends over or people who are bullied or like marginalized, that it'd be a safe place for his friends and his community as well. Um, Yeah, that it's a place that's safe to share his hurts or regrets or mistakes um as well as his wins um in a way that he can be celebrated um and cared for and know that we're always in his corner but at the same time like can come and experience forgiveness and grace and that we can extend that to each other as a family as well um but safety for sure i hope that he feels so safe um with us and in our home So that wraps up my conversation with Sarah, who was an amazing guest. But guess what? I have another amazing guest next week, and I'm really excited for you to hear that episode as well. In the meantime, leave a review, share the show with a friend, and check out athomethepodcast.com for resources. This week, I'll be adding some music resources because that's what's been making me feel at home lately. Thank you, Skade Productions, for the music and Valerie Desire for the cover art. And thank you, my lovely listener, for listening. I hope you have a great week. Be safe, take care, and remember you're always welcome here.